Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Audio Know How podcast with me, Ethan Ramsey. This week we're joined by Morton and he's here to talk a bit about production and co-writing. So this is going to cover all aspects. We're going to talk a little bit about everything and we're going to find out a few of Morton's tips and tricks. So, hello Morton, how are you? Hey man, yeah, good. How are you? Good. Yeah. Um, So firstly, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your background. So how did you get into music? Oh, that's a long story, isn't it? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I started being a drummer like way, way back when I was younger, to be honest. Uh, I didn't really have any thought of production at all until I eventually got through college and all that and kind of had lost every single piece of inspiration to do music because all I ever do was just practice drums in my bedroom at home. Uh, there wasn't really any any bands, anything around where I was born. Uh so not not at least not like any great musical influences or like support for that so it got a bit tiring just just practicing on my own um so i chose to go to a school uh where i moved away for a while and and started production and uh i just figured out a whole whole different world completely (laughs) different world from what i was used to yeah (laughs) it was just yeah i mean yeah it was it was awesome fair enough um so, so i know well obviously i've known morton for quite a while now and when i watch him produce the the best thing about him is he's just so quick when he has an idea he can get this idea down so quickly it's unbelievable so how do you do it how are you so quick when it comes to laying down your ideas and producing songs Oh, you see, um, I think the main key to it is is probably preparation. Like uh, most of my sessions I do in one go. So we start in the morning having nothing at all, having a complete blank sheet. With uh, we, may, we might have some, I might have asked the songwriter to bring some, some reference points, some tracks, some artists that they are inspired by. Uh, but most, mostly I'm just starting with the blank sheet. Um, but what helps me is the preparation where I go in and organize my samples. So I organize them down into like the different kick samples I like, the different snares that I would like, uh, the different uh, percussive sounds I would like, uh, different loops, different melodies. I make instruments out of that. Like take, I use a lot of looping elements in, uh, in instrumental usage. So I take it into samplers and chop it up, use that. For it, I create presets uh, on both my hardware synthesizers and on my my soft synthesizers, and uh, and like just creating like patches in the doors with samplers. That really helps me do this because once you're in that creative zone, what you really, what I find you really want to do is just you need to get it out as quickly as possible because you have a great idea in the beginning, and it's often that great idea you need to keep on latching onto until you eventually have it down and if you lose that then that idea is going to like recreating that idea that you had in the beginning is going to be nowhere near as flawless as if you could get it down in the first yeah. time around yeah exactly. i feel like i feel like, yeah you can relate to that can yeah. you yeah yeah because i'm the complete opposite i'm the kind of guy who i'll have a, a new track idea and i'll be like right Let me just find a kick. I've got four hours later. Right, okay, okay, I've got the right kick. Let me just carry on with this idea. Oh, wait, what was it? 
and you're just so quick with this because it's it's really key to have all of this prepared and then you can really just lay the idea down very quickly because you've got all the materials you need in front of you and i think that's honestly a really good point to be honest because you've got everything there and when you have like a session like you said and you've got to get it done in a day and that's the only day you can get the artist in with you you can literally get it done and you're getting the idea down yeah i mean mostly it's it's yeah it's mostly it's like a, a finished demo whenever they leave and it's because you don't overthink anything either like yeah. when you're thinking about making music uh, often you're thinking about all the things you have to do to make that piece of music both being interesting creative uh, in the right genre in the right mood having the right frequency balance and everything and I feel like those things become easier to achieve when doing it from like when doing your preparation right first of all and then you also have to like get used to compromising on that once you're in the session so like i'm not there to mix a record on day i i have to realize that before i go into a songwriting session i'm not there to go out with a record that sounds like something that could come on the radio straight away because that like that's not, sometimes it's going to pan out that way because you have some natural feeling of, oh, this is going somewhere and you create a great song and naturally everything just falls into place. But a lot of the times yeah. you have a song that has all the ideas, all the melodies, all the rhythms down, but you just need to like refine it afterwards. And you can ease, like that's easier than picking it up and continue writing. Yeah, so you've got... You've got the finished demo and then from there it's just a case of refining it not a case of finishing the track it's exactly yeah okay understand. i don't know if you like i think most people uh that are doing production has been in a situation where they've they've done like half a song with someone they've had a singer in uh written an amazing first verse and a chorus the next time they go into the studio and they are there to finish the same song it will be a completely different result. And you start nitpicking at small details as well, which is often like, I don't feel like it's needed that often. I feel like often the raw idea that you have in the beginning is often the best way to go about it because you're in the mood. So you need to like stick to that raw idea you have because that's what's driving you to make the track in the first place. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Yeah. Like when you write a lyric or when you write a melody or when you have a beat, you feel it that day because that's that's today's beat. Yeah. That's today's rhythm, that's today's melody, that's today's lyric. And you have that feeling in your body and you're you're wearing that. And once you go home and you sleep on it, you're taking that off and you're taking on another another set of of of, of lyrics or melody or music or whatever the day after. And then when you go to the studio and you have to create the same song and you're wearing another another melody, then it's come something completely different because you want it to go another way and you lose the essence of it. Yeah, you you quite often find that the track kind of runs away from you and you you lose the end the end idea and you can never get to it because you no longer know what it is. Yeah. You can never get there. Exactly. Right, and you okay. start feeling like every like you start feeling like there's always something missing, yeah. and that's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the end of the struggle. Really, yeah. don't don't go to nitpicking because that's just like 
it's just like an evil spiral it's yeah. only going to pull you further and further down exactly so um moving on i know you work you co-write quite a lot with other artists and vocalists and things like that do you have any tips and tricks when it comes to co-writing with other people well um i sure do like i can of course only only talk for like what i personally do to like to to inspire people and to uh, connect with people when I'm in set with them it might be completely different for other people people might have completely other experiences to it but for me it's um, I rarely write in lyrics because that's that hasn't been my thing so far I try to help out where I can uh, but rarely do I need to uh, help out with the lyrics Um, it's often the songwriters who do that for like when I'm in session with them um, but I like to help with melody and stuff like that, of course. The most important thing I find, though, is that once you go into a session, often going to a session with, with people you either have worked with once before, twice before, people you maybe never have ever worked with before, people you might even not have met before. You don't know them. Like, you have no idea who the person is, actually, um, apart from what you've seen from, like, social media and and uh, other yes. sorts of stuff that you might yeah, research yeah. before you meet them um stalking but, them <laughs> but seriously like i cannot underline enough how important it is to talk once you meet them i mean there's no like when going into music no one wants to feel like it's a job i reckon at least that's how i feel i don't want it to feel like a job i want it to feel like we're having fun and we're doing something creative because we like it. And and that's also why when people come to me to a session and because I'm not settled in a studio, I'm I'm mostly doing it in my home studio. Uh, when people come to me there, I will ask, do you want something to drink? Do you want a coffee? Do you want a tea? Do you want some just water, something else? We'll just stand in the kitchen for a while and talk a bit, like... How are you? How's your day been? If I don't know them, I'll probably like try and get into. Oh, so what are you doing? Like, what like what is going on in your life? Like, and and then you'll find some like some reference points that you can relate to, and you'll start to build build that kind of of relationship that makes you comfortable with each other. Yeah, and that's extremely important. Like, well, it's like when you. Like when you're trying to get a really good performance out of a vocalist as well, if they're not comfortable where they are, if they're in some random person's house they've never met, if they're not comfortable, they're not going to perform well. Yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to be welcoming. Yeah, you have exactly. To like, especially, yeah. especially because it's it's definitely something different going to a studio than it is to going to, to like someone's bedroom, which is in yeah. my case because I can't afford a studio. Yeah, <laughs> but, none of us can. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's it's just important to... to to be welcoming to the person and to to really make sure that they don't feel like they are in a home which is also why like in my in my in my bedroom like when it's in there you know like it's a very intimate like very private zone i try to make it as like as neutral as possible i try to have i try to always have it like pretty clean in there like not messy I try to have it like add out so there's like you don't go into a room and it's like a bedroom kind of smell that hits you like you don't want don't want that and you need to like make sure that it's just 
that the people can go in there and feel like okay in here I can move around and have some some space for me to to like evolve into the creative human being that I am you know yeah. and try to to dig into that zone uh if you can't in, if you can't do that then I don't think you can really ever get the best performance or the best piece of music out of a person no i i agree with that that is a good point um so i wanted to ask you this point so i quite often get writer's block when i'm writing on my own when i'm writing with someone else i feel like it happens less because you're bouncing off each other and the ideas constantly flow and if one of you kind of freezes the other one picks you up and it's a lot easier but when you're writing on your own do you ever suffer from writer's block? Uh, you know, I would like to say I could relate to it, uh, but I can't really. Like, I have a long time ago. I read something uh, on a forum page or something like. To, to be honest, it was like some guy on a forum that spoke about some book that I don't even remember what is, but it, it has this idea of people are looking constantly for like to like for inspiration to hit them for like for sitting there in front of the laptop the synthesizer the keyboards their drum machines whatever sitting there waiting for inspiration for the great idea to come to them and they're talking about about that idea as being like some kind of muse that is coming to you yeah um what this theory is though like in the book is that you can you have to force that muse out so that will mean that if you don't start doing something even though you might feel like this is really really bad like this is a bad piece of music you need to do something you need to like write that bad piece of music or you need to like keep on coming up with ideas keep on pushing yourself to writing something just something like doesn't have to be amazing but just something and at some point that muse will come to you because because you are searching for it. Whereas a person that never searches for it will have a much harder time stomping upon it, if you know what I mean. I find that as well. Like quite often I'll have like a, a really good like 16 bar loop that I'm really happy with. And I just, I'm just stuck. I just can't arrange it. I can't break out of it and turn it into a song. And I'll go away and I'll just play around with my synths, make some something completely random that no one is ever going to hear. I'm never going to release it. It's just for completely for fun. And you'll do one thing that will inspire you, and then you can go back to your other project and go from there, and it's kind of broken you out. Yeah, I mean, you can go back, or you can go start something completely different, or yeah, you can, like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's also something that comes along with, like, when I do my preparation, because I have separate days for my sessions and when I prepare for sessions... So I usually do uh, the preparation where I do sound design, I create presets, I organize my samples, I find found I find weird sounds like, and 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 do all sorts of stuff uh, just to have something that can inspire me. And sometimes I hit upon a sound, as you say, where it's like maybe I make this amazing bass sound on my synthesizer, and I'll be like, this is this is this is nice. <laughs> and and there's something in me that's just driving me there and you just have to go with that gut feeling then like like you just have to as you say like when you hit that sound that just inspires you 
you just have to like get it out and and i feel like that's also when like the quick stuff happens really like like and then all of a sudden like you look 24 20 minutes forward in time and you have a full song it's like you need to you need to latch onto that moment because maybe you had like a nice 16 bar loop in the beginning but if you find a sound that you're inspired by you might have a full song that's even better yeah like a short while later no i, I agree with you if you know what i mean like that's um so obviously morton knows this i'm i'm mainly into my mixing that that is my thing that is my home territory but when i'm producing songs i can't help but start mixing them as soon as i write them and i've spoken about this in a previous episode but i feel like it's really important to try and not do that don't don't mix for the sake of mixing just if it's part of your songwriting in terms of in your production in terms of the sound of something like you want it to be really i don't know distorted because that's the the overall theme of the track but you shouldn't start trying to mix elements in terms of from a mixing engineer's point of view from the get-go you need to be in the frame of mind of production and songwriting do you agree with this yeah i do um I agree completely on like you need to not mix for the sake of mixing. Yeah. But but uh you also have to take into consideration if you restrict yourself in some ways, you can eventually make it harder for yourself as well. If that if you create a sound and you're thinking this sound needs to be refined for me to layer other sounds on top of it, then I think it's it's reasonable that you start doing some mix techniques on it. Um, I often quite quickly like to get bass and kick sitting well together while producing. Yeah. And and I have my like my my chains for that my like my specific things that I go to to make that sit. And it might not be a matter of like making the final mix of it, but it just for me it makes it it makes it bounce better when it sounds good. If you know what I mean. And it's it's it helps me layer something on top of it. So if you have like this massive pad that you just put out and that pad is covering down to 40 hertz and you haven't filtered anything out on it and you try to fit a bass into it, no matter which bass sound you create, it's going to sound horrendous. Yeah, it's not going to sound... So, yeah, yeah. But, but, but like, I wouldn't ever start, like, going into fine details with it. It's more like just yeah. a rough thing. And I feel like, actually, that's that's quite good as well uh, i mean personally when i when i start doing like mixes work going into fine details i always end up messing it up completely so so i really i really enjoy just having to do rough stuff yeah. and <laughs> i don't have to to polish it because i will make that polish like i'll destroy it I'll, i i think i'm polishing a car i'll just like scrub it with sandpaper instead like with me i'm the complete opposite like i really want to get the track finished so i can polish it so i can get to that part that is my favorite part yeah it's it's so it's so strange it's so different but like with me in terms of production like you said i like to get the right like sonic palette i like to figure out what i want everything to sound like so like have the right room on your reverb have at least a reverb send a delay send like you said, like basic things like um, high passes and things like that, I would always do and a bit of side chaining. But 
nothing crazy. You're not getting into the nitty gritty of the mixing. It's just something that's part of your sound. Like you said, your your bass chain might be your sound. Yeah, find, I mean, find your preferences, yes. right? I've, I've like used so much time in the studio. Why wouldn't you, when you find something you you think sound great, why wouldn't you save it and use it for another like for another time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, no, like that, I cool. created, I created like one bass sound that was like which I thought was that is cool and I take so often I take that bass chain drop it upon something and I just think either it's really good or I'm thinking this doesn't work and then I just start deleting plugins from the chain until maybe I find something that works maybe I don't but at least I know it doesn't work then I mean if you know what I mean yeah but I mean but it's quick yeah, it's quick and that's but it's so satisfying it as well. Like you said, like when you get a chain you've done and you just drop it on it, it just works. And you're just like, okay, I'll just keep going. It worked. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it works, it's the most satisfying feeling because you can just, it doesn't ruin your flow. Yeah. If it doesn't work, uh, you'll have to go, like you can go into other details, but it's worth taking that chance of it working because you could potentially save yourself for a lot of work. As a producer who works with a lot of other people, do you prefer to work with the artist sat by your side or being on your own? You know, I have a very strong opinion about that. <laughs> no, uh, I wouldn't call it opinion. I would call it preference. My preference is definitely to have the artist with me when I do it. Um, as I talked about before, you're coming into a room and you're wearing a certain song that day. You're wearing a certain melody, a lyric or, or production. Um, and I might be wearing one production. The songwriter might be wearing another lyric that doesn't fit that production. But trying to like fit them together some way is, is often, I feel like, easier and more inspiring for me personally than if I send something off to someone and then they have to fit into your they idea. have to fit into me yeah oh that's what's wrong <laughs> cut that uh, yeah. they have to fit into into the music i'm making yeah exactly and um, one thing i wanted to talk about was uh in terms of mixing and mastering you have to be very aware of ear fatigue and do you think this is um also a problem when it comes to songwriting and producing Yes and no. I mean, it's definitely a thing. Like ear fatigue is a thing you cannot like. You cannot deny it's there. Like it's going like. But when you produce, like if you do production sessions where you write an entire song in a day, and if you if what you need to keep vibing is to have it turned up louder than eighty five dB. Yeah. I would do it any time of the day, any time okay. of the year, like every single time. And and that's just like if the if the songwriter asks me to turn it up, like if the songwriter is saying, "Can we like, why do you listen so quietly?" I mean, I can either tell the songwriter to stop getting inspired, or I can yeah. or I can I understand turn that. up the music. So I mean, I try to protect my ears as much as possible by not firing away with loud volumes, but sometimes you just sometimes you have to just feel it to really yeah. I, f I find um, a little trick idea at the beginning of the day before I start doing anything. Um, you can just get a random decibel meter on your phone. It's, it's not the most accurate thing in the world, but it doesn't need to be. 
have your phone where where you're listening so in fr- right in front of your face um and gain it up on your monitors until it's hitting 80 85 decibels and then you know that's where you're supposed to be listening like morton said if you end up turning it up later okay but at least you know where you should be and you have that ground point of okay it's getting out of hand now it's getting a bit loud like let's calm it down a bit then you at least have a a ground point to go back to it's a great reference point i find especially when you're mixing or stuff like that yeah because it's, it's definitely it's, more important mixing yeah i think so because when you're working alone it's 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 more a thing that you can say okay this is like a habit i need to grow into yeah um not that i'm trying like i'm always trying to like keep the monitors at about that level myself yeah. when i'm when I'm, I'm producing and when i'm mixing but it's a matter of 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 uh, of vibe often if you're with more than yourself you know if you're with other people it's it's a it's a different story yeah. but definitely i'd say it would be a great help if you're just by yourself having a meter to it okay so well i, th- I think that's been great that's been a really good episode so <laughs> um thanks a lot for coming along on of the course. episode um anytime i hope you guys have enjoyed it so this has been this week's episode of Audio Know How with me, Ethan Ramsey, and Morton, this week's guest. Um, you can find out on social media what next week's episode is going to be about. So look out for Audio Know How on Facebook and Instagram. And I'm also going to link Morton's social media in the description. You can check out some of his music and also his Instagram photos that he puts out there. Yeah, (laughs) lovely content there, right? You know? Right, okay, I hope you've enjoyed and thanks a lot.